0: Hello, my friends. Welcome back. In today's episode, we'll talk about the cycle of anxiety. I'll teach you what it is and 10 simple tips on how to lean into overwhelm, normalize fear, and find the courage to grow. You'll learn insights from thought leaders like Stephen Covey, James Clear, Brian Tracy, and Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'll show you what has worked for my clients and countless others. I know it will help transform your life as you take action and apply the steps in your life, whether you've struggled with anxiety or not. Let's get started. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become, by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome back to episode two, the cycle of anxiety. I'm going to teach you 10 tips on leaning into overwhelm normalizing fear, and finding the courage to grow. And just to start it off, I found this little uh, image, meme kind of thing that said, it has a picture of this little tiny dog and this huge shadow, and it says, worry often gives a small thing a great shadow. And I think that's a really good description and visual of what anxiety can be. Something that might be really small, but we're casting this huge shadow that makes it seem so big and so scary. So you might be wondering, you know what, what does anxiety have to do with me? I know everyone seems to claim that they have it, but maybe it's blown out of proportion. Maybe you just don't really understand a lot about it. But I promise you, in one way or another, at the end of this episode, you will have a better idea of what it is and if it's something that you might have struggled with. So anxiety is a feeling of worry or nervousness, and it's typically about something that you're uncertain about. So with that in mind, I want you to think about times in your life when you might have been feeling that sense of dread or that nervousness and unease. For me, I felt it a lot in my shoulders, and I didn't even recognize it as anxiety, though. I noticed that my my shoulders were often elevated and tight, and I was maybe slightly hunched, just feeling very tense and nervous about all the things that were on my plate. And it wasn't until I did some trauma therapy myself, and there was these constant check-ins, like, where are you feeling that in your body, where I started to notice that pattern, like, wow, I'm really tense in my shoulders. And I started to take deep breaths, just a couple deep breaths when I was feeling that tension. And now I do it subconsciously. I I don't even think about it. And I let those big breaths out, like a full breath in all the way in, all the way out. And that is one tiny trick that helps me that honestly, I don't even think about anymore. But I'll go into more of those tricks in a little bit. I do want to say one other thing first about it. I am really not into pathologizing things. I really don't like labels. And I really haven't seen very many instances where labels were helpful for clients. So when I talk about pathologizing, if you don't know what that is, that's when you regard or treat someone or something as psychologically abnormal or unhealthy. And honestly, I think a lot of these things that we experience are relatively normal and even healthy at times. They're just part of the human experience. And the more that we can normalize those things, that can minimize those feelings of overwhelm and anxiousness, like something is inherently wrong with us and we need to be very concerned. Now, I know this isn't all the times. I definitely have clients that have very heightened levels of anxiety and it seems very chronic in their lives. So there's definitely a spectrum and I would say most of you fall somewhere in the middle. And so a lot of what I'm saying will apply to you and it will also help those that suffer even more as these tools and tricks, but you might have to have additional counseling and resources for those that have these panic attacks and overwhelm that's debilitating for their lives and they're not able to function. So that's just a little disclaimer on that. So for today's episode, I compiled a list of the top 10 things that help myself and my clients stop their cycle of anxiety. And these are things that help them also from spiraling further. So I'm going to share that list with you today. And just a couple thoughts before I go into that, that kind of relate to it and are the groundwork for that, is the cycle of anxiety. I want you to picture this circle. And at the top of that is the anxiety. So the the situation that leads to those uncomfortable symptoms where you're worried and afraid. You might have those tense shoulders or a racing heart. Or feel sweaty and really overwhelmed. So that's at the top in anxiety. And the next part is avoidance. This is when we are avoiding things that make us feel those, those anxious feelings. So maybe it's public speaking. Maybe it's being in social settings. Whatever that might be. You might be trying to get away from it. So you could be using a number of things for that. It might be media. It might be drugs or alcohol might be something more minor in your opinion, like maybe eating sugar, maybe isolating, things like that. The next part of it, the third part, so it's anxiety avoidance and then the short-term relief from anxiety. This is avoiding the anxiety-producing situation to get that immediate relief, but really this only temporarily helps. And then the last part is long-term anxiety growth. So in this part... The symptoms of anxiety will be worse the next time, and avoidance is more likely when we avoid those things long-term. This is one of those simple things that when I teach my clients, they're like, wait a second, we're not supposed to avoid the things that make us feel bad? And the answer is no. I mean, when it's these types of things. There's something called exposure therapy where you expose yourself to a little amount of something that you're afraid of until you build up that tolerance to kind of handle that. So that's sort of what we're doing here. It's really important, and I know a lot of you have kids that struggle with it, to acknowledge their feelings and to validate them instead of shutting them down and then help them take that baby step forward, that 1%. And for those of you that have more debilitating anxiety, I do want to just quickly give you a few tips. There's something called square breathing that you can do, or just to simplify it, you can inhale for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, and exhale for four seconds. That's a very simple trick. Kind I mentioned breathing a little bit of, a second ago. There's also progressive muscle relaxation. So just close your eyes or you can keep them open and go through each muscle and tense it, tighten that muscle and then slowly relax it. And as you go through this, you'll notice your body slowly calming down. And that definitely works. I've definitely done that with myself and several clients as well. You can also use imagery. So this is an easy way to do this is use your five senses. For example, like what do you see around you? What sounds can you hear? Can you taste or drink anything nearby and just notice that? What can you feel? What textures do you notice? What scents are present? What can you smell? And those are really easy tips to take your mind off of that event that's very distressing in the moment until you can calm down further. And then the last really quick one is put your thoughts on trial so you can Use some of these questions to ask yourself to kind of calm down or ask a loved one. Is my thought based on facts or feelings? How would a loved one see this situation? How likely is it that this will come true, like what I'm most afraid of? And what's really the most likely thing to happen? And if this comes true, will this really matter in a week, a month, a year? I really love those things because it's just super simple ways to turn your thoughts around in the moment when it feels really distressing. All right, folks, here is the top 10 list. Are you ready for this? I want you to keep in mind before I read it, small and simple things are often very profound. Don't dismiss them because they're simple. Just like in the scriptures, right? Looking at that golden serpent Actually, I think it was bronze. And all they had to do was look at it and they would be cured, right? Don't dismiss any of these if they're simple. Use them as these tools and recognize the power in them. Okay, number one, first and foremost, start with prayer. Please don't roll your eyes. I can almost hear it. Hear it? See it? (laughs) So I get up early every morning and I go into my closet and I pray first thing. Or at least I try to. And when I do that, I really try to do it in a way that's not ritualistic and habitual in the sense that I kind of uh, zone out. I really try to use all my senses and imagine, like almost this meditation session, like imagine Heavenly Father being right there and imagine him helping me with these things, helping me that I will have the right perspective, that I can find wisdom that I can see both a macro and micro view of things as needed, and that I'll have guidance. I often pray for help from people on both sides of the veil. And if you're not religious, you can just make this an intention or a mantra. So again, this is not your check it off the list type of prayer, but I want you to make this more meaningful moving forward. I'm going to lump scripture study with this as well. This is the kind of scripture study where you sit at a desk with a pen and a journal and you just get intentional, even if you can only do that for five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. Take away the shame of it and just do anything with prayer and scriptures where you can be really mindful and in the moment and not just going through it like a checklist item, okay? So that's number one. Number two, I... Love this. This is a new thing that I just started doing after I read um, Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he talks about something called Mind Movies. I ended up going and finding my own app for it. But if you look for the app called Perfectly Happy, this is one of them that's available. But you can just try it out for seven days for free. And after that, I think it's $59 currently for a year. But in that, you can... Attach your own images or pick from ones that they have and you can put affirmations on each one. You can put music to it and it's really just this vision board and affirmation thing where you make it into your own movie. And you can even add reminders so that you are, for me, especially after reading the book, they talked about how important it is is to do these things right when you wake up and when you go to bed. So I've been doing those things and I tie this into... Anxiety, which you might be confused why I'm including this, but this really helps you put things in perspective. And right away in the morning, when things might feel really tense and hard to face as you're waking up, or at night when you're starting to potentially ruminate about what's going to happen the next day or what happened that day, it just kind of like resets and help you see things in the right perspective. Another thing you can do if you don't want to make a vision board movie but you do want to mindfully reset and you want to have these positive thoughts in your mind. Uh, I often refer my clients to Insight Timer. Insight Timer is also a free app you can use. And they have thousands and thousands of meditations that you can access for free. Any sorts of sounds or whatever you want. And it's amazing and you're able to save what you like. The whole point of that is use either one of those as a tool to help you calm down, to help you get your head in the right perspective that will bring you that tranquility and that peace that we're looking for. Number three, how appropriate. Number three is schedule big threes. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of big threes, but high performers, performance coaches, they talk a lot about big threes. And I am definitely becoming more converted to this. I had it in my goal planner for a long time, but it's not something that I was consistently doing. And then my husband recently asked if I would be his accountability partner. And so he's been texting me his big three each day and then will report back on if he did his previous big three. And I have loved that. Just that simple text to a friend, to a loved one, whatever it is, and just focusing on that each day this massively minimizes anxiety. And along with that is number four. This is something I really love. I don't know if you guys have ever read the book or heard the book, Eat That Frog. Well, don't worry. You don't actually have to eat a frog, (laughs) but your frog in this case is your biggest, most important task. The one that you're most likely to procrastinate if you don't do something about it. So I want you to put your biggest frog on there and I want you to do that in your big three, and I want you to do it first. Just that small, tiny change that I've done in my life has been huge and instrumental. And what does it end up doing? And it ends up making it so the rest of the day feels much lighter and so much easier to face. That's why for years and years and years, I have worked out really early, by the way. All right, number five is lean in. I mentioned this a little bit on episode one. But I want you to imagine leaning into those feelings of overwhelm. It's not about ignoring them or avoiding them, but I want you to name them if you can. A lot of people, strangely enough, are not able to name their feelings. So if you look up online feelings wheel, I will print this out for my kids, I'll give it to my clients. I will even look at it. But to really be able to recognize they're clustered the feelings, and if you See one that you are having. You can look at the feelings around it, and it's so informative, like, oh, that is what I've been feeling. Try that out. I really love that little hack, too. Number six, journal. This is so simple, and few people do it, but it allows you to process your fears and really untangle them and find that clarity. I have been writing it in my journal since I was 11, and I can't tell you how therapeutic this has been for me. Just keep in mind that when you do this, you're not staying stuck in that negativity. You can write it down and process it. That helps you kind of let it go. But if you just stay stuck in there, it's going to be hard to move forward. So write with the intention of gaining clarity and wisdom and really try to end without that forcing it, but with the insights and the growth and that clarity that you're seeking and even that gratitude. Gratitude journals are also very important and healthy. And there's a ton of studies on how that increases your level of happiness and joy. Number seven, just like in the last episode, I really want you to focus on the 1%. So James Clear, he wrote Atomic Habits. I love that book. But he said, the secret of getting results that last is to never stop making improvements. It's remarkable what you can build if you just don't stop. Small habits don't add up, they compound. Tiny changes, remarkable results. So, that again, that's by James Clear. I just love that. And I know uh, often if you have anxiety or if you feel anxious, big things feel so overwhelming. So, I really, really want you to just focus on 1% better. And I'll go, like I said, more into that in the future of James Clear and these atomic habits ideas. But for now, that's all I want you to focus on. Number eight, listen to positive podcasts, books, and good friends. So if you are surrounding yourself with negative news, with friends that feel somewhat toxic, even though I don't love that label either... Or books that are maybe they're crime books, maybe they're murder books. And I know you might have an argument like, no, this is good and it doesn't pull me down. I'm just saying if there's a lot of things in your life that are negative, it's going to be really hard to not feel anxious, overwhelmed, depressed. It's Think of it like a poison that keeps you sick. When I really started to have major transformation at an accelerated rate, it was because I started weeding those things out that were negative and really just started putting positive things in my life. And it started with me listening to books and podcasts while I exercised. And that was massively transformational, which leads perfectly into number nine, which is exercise. Again, small and simple things, but how many of you are doing it? I always tell people that exercise is my antidepressant. When I do not exercise, I am instantly depressed or more anxious, more tense, more irritable. I'm just impatient and I'm not my best self. So this is a non-negotiable for me. And I really hope it's going to become more of a non-negotiable for you. The last one is really simple too. It's just creating healthy spaces around you or a healthy environment. So if you're spending most of your time at home, is your house clean? Or if you're in your room or if you're at work and this is a place that you dread and it's cluttery and it's overwhelming, please do what you can to make that space tranquil and peaceful, whatever that looks like. And again, focus on 1%. Don't let this weigh you down with to-dos. Just focus on what you can do to make it a little more peaceful. Okay, and now for the little bonus one, I'm just going to rapid fire throw out a few different things that you can do to improve your mood and elevate that so that you are not feeling so anxious. You can reset with a little cat nap. Go outside. There's so much research. and Just the minute you walk outside, what that does to your mood. Put your head in the freezer. This is funny, but it's true. Something about like shocking the senses. The same with like putting lemon juice under your tongue. Those things really help with a lot of things, but anxiety, depression, suicidality, a lot of those things kind of snap you out of it a little bit. You can try counting. You can challenge those irrational thoughts. And I will go more into that in another one because there's a lot of things that you can do with that. I just want to end with a quote, maybe two, two short ones, if you'll bear with me. One is by Stephen Covey. He said, be patient with yourself self-growth is tender. It's holy ground. There's no greater investment. And I know this is not specifically about anxiety, but this is self-growth. Everything that you do to try to manage or overcome the anxiety is self-growth and it is holy ground. So please be patient with yourself. And the last one is by Beverly Sills. And she said, There are no shortcuts to any place worth going. So those 10 things I gave you, yeah, maybe you will rationalize them away or say they're too simple and it's not this great thing. But these are the small, simple things that can take you to amazing places. Focus on that 1%. Focus on that list. I'm going to read them really quickly. So prayer, vision board or meditation or both, schedule your big three, Eat that frog, lean into those feelings and name them, journal, focus on the 1%, listen to positive things and people, exercise, and create a healthy environment. That's all I have for today. Thank you for coming to learn and grow together. And remember to use your influence to support positive platforms out there, just like this one. If Numa Numa can get 67 million views from the guy that sang it really crazy. I don't know if you've seen it. Pretty entertaining, actually. And David after the dentist can get 141 million views. We can get comments and subscriptions on this podcast and others like it. Use your influence and support for more than a guy singing Numa Numa. You know you can do it. You are wonderful. Have a great day. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.